This is Pod Forsaken. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna test. Here we go. Porno movie. Uh, all right. This is bad. Google free porno movie search. Free porno movie search. These are porn websites. Porn websites. Porn websites. Ha! Here we go. Number eight. Porno 2019. IMDb. All right, everyone. Today we're talking about porno. <laughs> Don't Google it, or if you do, you got to put a whole bunch of extra terms in. It is surprisingly not the easiest movie to find, <laughs> <laughs> even though I it's mean- available on Shutter. I did find, yeah, a number of really great movies when I searched for porno. Just none of them were this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so, first of all, let me say, welcome to Pod Forsaken, everyone. I'm Rodney Altman. And I'm, wait, pause. I'm Chris Sachs. Yeah, there were, we're, we're missing, we're missing Miss Eleven. And it, uh, God, it feels empty without her. <laughs> it does. We'll, we'll just leave space for her to talk. Uh, if there's a lot of dead air, it's nothing wrong with your podcast. Just hit 15 seconds forward. We're, we're leaving room for where Missy can go back and re-record her that's, reaction. Missy, come on. How do you not know that? <laughs> really? Missy, that's Missy, that's not a horror movie. <laughs> uh, this, You know what? We've reached that special segment, Missy's Term of the Week. <laughs> Speaking of term, uh, that's why she's not here. Her She... How do you put that in the sentence? She came to term. Her baby came to term. She she had she, a baby. She had a baby. So you don't actually use the word term at all. <laughs> she's in her fourth term at ter- trimester. Yeah, yeah she's uh, the, hopefully the baby will live to its uh, 170th <laughs> trimester. <laughs> so, yes, Missy, as we've talked about in previous episodes, unless this is your first episode, uh, she was quite pregnant. And I, turns out, I really undershot that 170 trimesters is not enough. I wasn't going to correct you. I yeah. felt like that was like, what, like a teenager, maybe? No, it was <laughs> mid 40s. Let's say 400. Here's to 400 more trimesters. <laughs> That'll be 100. May she have nine trimesters. <laughs> I was like, yikes. Fortunately, Missy will probably never listen to this episode. So. Yeah, thank God. Because <laughs> it's called she, porno. And she's very vain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, for the for the foreseeable future, uh, Missy is going to be stepping out. And uh, when should we be back? I don't know. I think she she'll be back at some point. But in the meantime, we thought it'd be fun just to go back to Chris and I, like we did in our first couple episodes. And already, I'm regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> I was regretting it while I was like, you were running late, and I was like, do I ask him? Is it like a teacher's absent rules? If it's five minutes, I just get to walk away. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was there at the five minute mark. I was only I five minutes late. Yeah. Um, Everyone's so, packed up their books. We're about to walk out of class and then teacher Rodney comes strolling in. And there's that, and there's like that, it's like that collective sigh. That's like so much worse than if the teacher had just been there right from the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, since Missy wasn't here, I let Chris pick and Chris Ooh. picked. Porno. <laughs> Porno. Porno. All right, I'm going to explain it like I'm Googling it. Porno 2019, the movie, not actually porno. I got to tell you, I thought your instructions were very unclear. And so I just watched a bunch of porno. I, watched, I watched all of Pornhub. <laughs> I watched all of it. All of it, Chris. And I got to tell you, it's a very confusing plot. But <laughs> the sex scenes were very erotic, I must yeah. say. How, how do these How do these uh, laundry machines keep breaking? <laughs> I don't what? Who's ordering these these pizzas? <laughs> Dude, honestly, when's the last time you've ever seen a pizza delivery guy in a porno? They don't even do that plot line anymore. I know. That's that's retro. I yeah, um so let's uh let's do the quick and dirty version of the actual movie porno. Yeah. 
So wait, wait, why why did you pick it? I I just it's uh, one. I think first and foremost, it's got a cool ass poster. Yes, agreed. It's got it's got like that dope seventies exploitation poster that's like drawn. Uh, it's it's got like a sweet ass like flames and skull and I don't know. I like it 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 gave me good vibes and then I watched it and it just gave me vibes. <laughs> Okay, do the quick and dirty. All right, the quick and dirty is, it is what, 93, 94? Whenever A League of Their Own and then Encino Man, Cino Man out. came out. Yeah. So yeah, it's early 90s. We're following these four kids who work as like ushers and a assistant manager and, you know, seat check, seat ticket checker, whatever. People who work at a theater uh, and they uh, basically are, for the first time, are trusted by their hyper-religious boss to stay late and watch, you know, have like movie club and they're going to watch something after, you know, Friday night shift ended. And they, uh, something happens, they end up discovering this like hidden archive and they watch one of these like secret movies and it summons essentially a succubus who was you know, bound to the film. And then they, it's a, you know, standard uh, House of Horrors thing where these kids are trying in a location with a monster that's trying to kill them. Yeah, dude, that was man, that was very quick and very dirty. Ooh. I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even talk about any of the ball explosions. I gotta tell you, I'm, I miss doing the quick and dirty. I don't know why we stopped doing that at some yeah, point. But, I think because um, we'd ask Missy and then she'd just start explaining the movie. Yeah, we would say, Missy, just do the quick and dirty. And then 90 <laughs> minutes later, she'd be like, and that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and roll credits. And then we'd the like, first okay. credit that came up was. <laughs> um, all right, we're giving her a lot of shit and she can't defend herself. Yeah, that's um, fair. But uh, yeah, so initial impressions. What did you uh, think about this? Eh, it was an eh movie. Yeah. Like, I first of all, it's apparently 1992, right? Because at the okay. theater, there are only two movies playing, and those are Encino Man and A League of Their Own, which is why I brought those up. And but in terms of overall impressions, like I was really excited for this because I. I've always had like a thing for movies about like a cursed film, right? Like yeah. You watch it, whatever, whether it's The Ring or if the more obscure is like John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns from Masters of Horror. Have you seen that one, Chris? Uh, No, I haven't. Dude, that is absolutely worth checking out. Like, I feel like that is a missing John Carpenter masterpiece that most people have not taken the time for. Huh. Um, I also like um, it doesn't even have to be a film. That movie, The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp, where he's like looking for the, the evil book. Any kind of like satanic piece of media that like causes evil i'm always into that plot line right yeah so the idea of like a bunch of kids watching an evil porno film i was like that that's a cool idea um so i went in very excited for this one right off the bat i was just kind of i don't know i got i got bad vibes from the movie and like as it went along it certainly entertained me but i think for everything that i liked there were an equal number of things i didn't like and uh, you know i was just like eh okay good try but i can't say that i loved this one what about you yeah yeah i mean i think i think there were a lot of good ideas but then overall it just the movie kind of fell apart uh, as a movie that like it it never so like one of the things they skirted over is like they're the 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 manager at least is deeply religious and it seems like they're in a conservative town because all the kids are they're not i don't know if they're as, as religious as the manager is but that the teens are definitely beholden to that but then like that doesn't really evolve it's just sort of used as this like weird touchstone like kind of a comedy reference of like you know uh buttoned up christian teens that are like oh zoinks i can see her boobies and it's <laughs> yeah it's just like very surface level. You know, I got to tell you, I think the whole time I was watching it, I couldn't tell if this is supposed to be a horror movie with comedy or a comedy movie with horror, right? Yes. And and unfortunately, 
I don't think it really succeeds in either category. I don't. It's definitely not scary in any way. No. It there, is, there are a lot of very loud jump scares, though. Yes. And some of them are incredibly stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they are they are literally the type of thing where it's like a, a normal non like just a normal character just like walks in from the side of the screen. And there's like an entire orchestra that goes, you know, <laughs> and and it's like, guys, like, have you ever had someone walk up on you before? Like, it's not going to scare you like that. Yeah. Or, or like a, a character sitting and we're like on a, a you know a close up of their face as their eyes are closed and then like a hand touches their hair right and there's like a huge like wink and the the guy jumps up and is like oh what's going on and he looks around and then like the the, the character who's their friend like walks into frame and it's like you would have seen that person I mean I understand like you could if you were like if you had your eyes closed and someone like tapped your head that might make you jump right but like right. but like. Uh... Overall, the comedy, it, like there were there were parts that made me smile. It just didn't it didn't feel like the comedy was very funny and it's not very scary. But there were a couple surprisingly very graphic gore sequences. Oh, yes. I was I was really it's really weird how it's like as an overall movie, it's pretty tame. But there are a couple parts that are extremely graphically violent. Yeah, that it like parks on for a while. Right. Like, yes. they're like, everybody slow down. We spent a lot on this prosthetic. We're going to spend four <laughs> minutes on this guy's crotch. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> but, like, you know, um, a little bit of uh, background. So, yeah, I think this movie you said was in 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's directed by Keola Rossella. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and it's written by Matt Black and Lawrence Vanicelli. Um, and as far as, like, according to IMDb, this is Keola Rossella's first film. Um, and I believe it is, I mean, first feature length film, you know, she, uh, I don't know if Keola Rossella is the man or a woman, but, uh, I think it's a guy. Okay. Well, he or she, or they did uh, a number of shorts before this. Um, and then I believe the same applies to the writers. And I don't know if you caught in the, in the credits at the end, it said this was part of like the Sundance labs program. Ah. So I think that like, I'm not familiar entirely with, do you know how the Sundance labs work? No, not really. I think it's like, uh, you know, like you're a young filmmaker, you submit uh, your proposal for a film. And then if Sundance likes it, they like, they give you like grant money and they help you make Develop your films. It. Yeah. And so clearly this has like a very indie background, right? And like, it's cool to see Sundance Labs uh, embracing horror content, right? Right. So I'm, I'm glad for all that. And like, I certainly would watch the next film by this filmmaker. Like I, I liked it enough to try the next one, but I think I think they got to go a long way in improving to get more man. It, it didn't feel like a real movie. That's sort of my main complaint, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, again, I got I hate to be this guy, but like, I really didn't like the cinematography, you know? It, yeah, it, it I, just... I think there were elements I liked, uh, but overall, it was just kind of flat and very stagey. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, very flat. And like part of I, I personally, I think the one of the most important parts to making a horror movie is how you shoot it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because horror is it's real. It's mostly reliant on atmosphere and how you shoot, you know, uh, the effects. Right. So this movie, it's mostly very flat. There's very little depth of field. And it's kind of just like, hey, let's just turn a let's have a green light on in this scene. In this scene, let's have a red light on, right? And so there's no real sense of like mood or style to me. Um, but why don't we talk? You want to just talk about the movie uh, yeah. in order? Yeah. You know? Let's uh, let's start it off. So it opens. Uh, it opened very strong. 
<laughs> yeah, it opens. It's it starts like with very brief credits, and you have like tense music, and then it slams to fucking like this couple is just mid coitus having having a wild old time. Yep, boobs. Opening shot, boobs. I was boobs. like, good start. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then we pull out, and not, I don't know if the guy pulled out, but we, the camera pulls out, <laughs> and we meet uh, our our two main characters, I guess. I, I uh, would say I would say all five characters are the main characters. Yeah, we just uh, meet two of the five. Yeah, so we meet uh, Todd and who was the other guy? Abe. <laughs> I don't. I can't believe you. I don't remember know if they said name. his name. I, I remember mean, Todd because de- they kept being like Todd. They they definitely say everyone's name. I think it's Todd and Abe. Yeah, uh, and they're they're doing a peep, and Todd's like, "Come on, man! I don't want to. I don't want to look at these boobs anymore. They'll get me in trouble again." Well, yeah, well, no, he, yeah, exactly. He, he is clearly he, something has happened where he got in trouble for peeping in the past, I guess. Yeah. And I, I don't, there was something weird about how these two dudes are like so afraid. It's like they want to watch these, this couple fucking, but they're also, I don't know, like, I guess I'm just like a perv and I like would have just sat there and watched the whole thing, right? Like, yeah. I just was like, what do you mean you're going to leave? Like, this is the when's, how often you get to just like stumble by someone's house to see people fucking right and yeah. like pretty attractive people too but for whatever reason they're like we got to get out of here question for you how old are these characters supposed to be at teens 17 16 19 yeah, I, I gotta tell you i don't understand i genuinely don't understand what is this obsession with casting like people in their 20s to play teenagers it looks weird like I, I just kept thinking these people are all like college aged and yeah. and they're all acting like they've never had sex, like they've never seen porn. Like it's 1992. I, I'm pretty sure the Internet was up and running. You can see boobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it took like an hour to load, but like <laughs> it was one line at a time. You're yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's called anticipation. <laughs> I know. Now you get all now you try to try to Google a movie called porno when you have all the porn thrown in your face. Dude, I'm going to start a porn site where you you pay 49.99 a month and it loads one video at a time for 30 minutes, right? <laughs> I bet you it's going to yeah. be a huge hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're like we got to go do our shift, man. And then we we meet the rest of our characters as we we cut to like they're they're ushers and one of them's a co man or assistant manager or whatever and uh, they're they're preparing for their shift for like the Friday night rush right and uh, their their manager has them all hold hands and and do a prayer being like Lord Jesus please protect us from the devil that's literally under our feet and you're like uh oh <laughs> well, he doesn't he doesn't say that but <laughs> but so here okay couple questions one. The movie does a good job of setting the year because you it shows Encino Man, right? And, and League of Their Own. You tell me, where are we in the country? Like what? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I took it as like it's a smaller town. It's definitely but... small town, right? Yeah. It's like it, it easily could be like the small town from it, you know? Right, right. Somewhere like that. But again, it's not that it's super important. And you can just say, you know, it's small town America. But what I didn't understand is like is the uh because it's a little weird to open your movie theater like you know by holding hands with all the employees and having like a prayer circle right yeah and so i was like i was unclear if mr pike the owner or the the manager i don't know if he owns the place but does he is he just like super religious and they all tolerate it but then right, as the movie goes on it seems like they're all super religious yeah to one degree all, or another it's it feels like it's that type of town where it's like everybody goes to church but not everyone necessarily believes it but they all have that like you know paint can mixer thing rattling around inside their head like the paint spray can thing 
I don't. Why would that oh, be? Oh, I, I, I always thought that was a good. Uh, there's some comedian who he's talking about. Like I was raised Catholic, and like I don't believe anymore, but like Catholicism is like sh- rattling around in my head, like the mixer on like a spray can. Got it. Yeah. Spray paint can. And I'm like that. It, it kind of feels like that. It's just that like the the movie doesn't the movie doesn't do a very good job of telling me that's what the town is like because I oh there are only like maybe eight characters in the whole movie right yeah and yeah. and two or three of them are barely characters you just have the five people and the fact that you open on people having sex and they're not having sex in a like what you would consider a very Christian way like they are like fucking like on their couch with the window open right so it's not really painting the image of a town that is like bathed in hardcore Christianity. This isn't the footloose town, you know? Yeah. And it, it just felt like we could get like a little more of the town. If like, cause we have basically, cause they're going to stay after it closes. Like you could have had like a little bit of patter between like people leaving and talking about like, well, I thought a league of their own was too progressive or I don't know something. Yes. I, I, can you believe how many lines they gave to women in that movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, it's that type of town. You know, Encino Man, it was enjoyable, but cavemen didn't really exist. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But but that's also like part of the weird thing about the movie is that like it's steeped in this religiosity. And that's like a main conflict for all of our main characters to to varying degrees. But it it doesn't really say anything about like, I don't know what the movie's stance on Christianity is. I totally agree. I couldn't understand if like, uh, again, I, I, I guess I have to put this on the writers right like they wrote the movie so i don't know what matt black and lawrence vanicelli are trying to say are they like part of me thought this movie was supposed to be is this like a movie made by christian people who are like you see like christian faith will win out but it doesn't feel like a christian movie you know right so it's clearly not that so are they making fun of christianity like i i just like, I, I just don't know. I know when I read on IMDb, it says when five and teen employees at the local movie theater in a small Christian town discover a mysterious old film hidden in the basement, they unleash an alluring succubus that gives them a sex education written in blood. But the phrase small Christian town is something I shouldn't be learning on the <laughs> IMDb page, right? Right. So anyway, we, we meet, we, they have their little prayer circle. They all, they all get to work. And basically, like, you learn that four of the, our main characters, so there's like, you know what uh abe and who uh todd abe and todd who we already met right yeah and they are uh we met them and then we meet the other two like ushers slash ticket takers slash uh not convenience store the concession stand <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and that that is the only really speaking woman in the movie named yeah. uh chaz. Ch- chaz uh and then there's this other kind of we'll call him like the handsome guy ricky yeah um but then you also meet the projectionist, who was my personal favorite character. Really? I, I felt like uh, he, he kept being given like all what I thought they thought were the laugh lines. And I just felt like he was pushing too hard. Yeah, but he was sort of like no one else was really doing it for me. So yeah. his over the top energy. He was like the most interesting concept for a character, too. They call him heavy metal Jeff, but he's like a hardcore straight edge kid. Yes. And so like he he, he he's kind of like. The it's it's he his character is weird. He is like the angry, aggressive, but still very Christian projectionist, right? Yeah. yeah. And I I do love this part where like uh Chaz comes in, and this is the part where you were referencing. She like her hand comes into screen to like touch his head, and he looks around, and no one's in the booth, and then giant fucking stinger as she's like sitting next to him, and she's like, 
hey, heavy metal, Jeff. And, you know, you're supposed to shit yourself. And it's like, yeah, you made it. You played a giant loud noise. Right. But this isn't scary. Yeah. But he's like, don't call me heavy metal, Jeff. But you hear he's listening to some very aggressive music. And she's like, don't you listen to heavy metal? And he's like, no, I listen to hardcore. And first of all, I don't know what hardcore is. And I I'm a little I was a little surprised. Do you know what hardcore is? A hard like hardcore rock. Is that is see you don't know that that wouldn't that be hard yeah, or rock? hardcore punk? It, it what he was listening to sounded like metal to me. That's I know. the thing. Yeah. Um. And and like I consider myself a pretty uh big music guy, but I've never heard of the genre hardcore. Yeah. But maybe no, I mean I've heard of hardcore, okay. but I, I like I because I you know in the Boston scene like hung out with a lot of punks. So like like and I. I yeah, okay. like I know hardcore as a thing and like the whole straight edge movement. But it, yeah, I agree with you. Like the music he was listening to sounded like metal music. Right. I I've heard of hardcore, but if you ask me to define it, I don't think I could. Right. In yeah. fact, I would probably say it's like what, like punk, but with more guitars, like, I guess, <laughs> maybe yeah. less trombones. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, we meet our cast and then basically, yeah, the the last of the movie theater people go out. They leave for the night. Um, and then Mr. Pike, the manager is like, good shift, everyone. Like, you're all my favorite. And, you know, he's a very like, um, you know, very chipper fellow. Yeah. Like affable, uh, you know, like stand in dad figure. Right. And I think the only thing we get a little, I'm not sure if we get a taste of this here, but there's like a, you get the taste that Ricky, the good looking guy, he like went away to summer camp. Right. And ja uh, Chaz, the, the girl, she has like a thing for him and she's kind of upset that he is like now dating this new girl named Jasmine. Right. I think you get like a brief conversation in the alleyway where they're like they're having cigarettes and out comes heavy metal Je Jeff and he like grabs their cigarettes and stomps them out. And he's like, I can't believe you're smoking. Do you do you want to smell like ashtrays when you go to heaven? And that's when I was like, I don't understand. Is this supposed to be funny? Like, I don't. Is that is that a joke? Because he yeah. takes it very seriously. But anyway. Mr. Pike is like, OK, well, now that it's Friday night and the shift is done, don't forget, you guys get to all watch a movie. And there's kind of an, an ongoing debate about whether it should be Encino Man or A League of Their Own. Right. And Mr. Pike leaves and oh, I'm sorry. He makes Chaz the assistant manager. Right. And he gives her like keys to, you know, all the relevant doors and locks yeah. up. He's like, I'll be back at midnight to pick Jeff up and drive him home because that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, yeah. Did it, when when we first met Heavy Metal Jeff too, I when I saw him, I was like, oh, this is another Culkin brother. Dude, I totally thought that was a Culkin. I really, <laughs> I kept staring at him, being like, is that is that one of the Culkins? And he's just like, like either one of the ones I don't know or one of the ones I do know, like in heavy makeup. But yeah, you know. it's it's Rowdy Roddy Culkin. But he's played by a name, dude. A dude Robbie named Tan. <laughs> Robbie Tan. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, there's one thing we skirted over. When the, the guys were peeping in the first scene, you see that they're, like, being followed by what seems like a homeless guy. Oh, I forgot you see the homeless guy in the opening. Yeah. He's, nah. like, they, they, like, drive right off. And they're, like, we got to get to our shift. See, and he, like, steps into frame <laughs> and is, like, wink. <laughs> totally forgot about that. It's important because after they close up, then they are debating what to watch. In comes the homeless guy, right? Like he's yep. like down, he's like in the theater already, right? Yes. And they're all like, I don't remember selling that guy a ticket. And he's, I mean, he's like just like sort of like yelling at the wall of the movie theater, acting like a crazy person. Like, Chaz, you're you're in charge. You gotta go kick him out. And so she like, I don't remember exactly what happened. She goes to talk to him and he like rambles some nonsense and then just runs off. Yeah. And and then he like pulls down one of the in the, the main entryway, like pulls down one of the curtains lining the wall, and there's like a secret door behind it. 
Yeah, there's like it's like okay. a, a boarded up door with the with sign like, of the cross on it. Right. Uh, and he like smashes through it and like like you it's like stairs that go down into some kind of secret basement. And I'm like, no one's ever looked behind that curtain. Really? Like <laughs> no one no one's had to like clean the walls or whatever. But OK, right. like, again, that's the plot of the movies that there's a secret fucking door. Right. Yep. And they discover there's like this a whole nother theater and an archive down there. And like, I don't know if at this point they see that the walls have like all these like porno movie posters or is that later? I think it's a little later. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like you're walking around here, but you don't notice that until later. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's maybe they explain this toward the the end, but I don't totally recall. But anyway, there it seems like this theater is built on another theater and they go down there and they're like looking around trying to find the homeless guy. And do they find him? No, they don't. Right. He like, but, like, I think the one he like runs by one of them or something, but he just kind of vanishes. And so also this, this basement is like, I guess there's no power down there because it's just, it, I mean, there's some, but it's like bathed in green light. Right. Yeah. And, and again, it's sort of like, okay, I know this is like an artistic choice or whatever, but like, I don't know, get a flashlight, turn on a fucking turn yeah. on the lights. Right. Like, um, but they're, they're digging around down there for some reason. I'm not even sure why they're like, they're, I guess they're just curious, right? What's all yeah. this stuff. And that's where they find this giant reel of film. Yeah. And like, there's a film can that like glows and stuff to like, which I kind of liked that idea. Cause it's like, they're like looking around the archive, like what, maybe we should watch one of these instead. And then like the, the like tin that it's in just kind of like goes whoop and like glows yep. and then like catches their eye. It's like, that's a cool idea. Like, like the thing is conscience and, and is like lulling them in. But yeah, they, they think that the homeless guy has run out for some reason. And then they decide to, to watch, put this in the projector and watch it. Right. But even like the, the writing on the reel are like, you know, satanic runes, right? Yeah, exactly. And look, it's weird that they don't even address that, but whatever. Like the film doesn't even have a title, but they're like, I want to watch this obscure film that I know nothing about. Right. <laughs> And um and and heavy metal Jeff is like, I'm not putting this on in my my holy projector. And they're like, you know, fuck off. Like you, oh sorry, no one says fuck off. There is like no swearing in this movie, right? Like everyone's very like cheese and cheese and crackers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and they they keep referencing. They they say um, what is the the acronym? They say uh, oh uh, uh CB. Christ bears the load CBTL, right? They keep saying CBTL and they're like, Christ bears the load whenever you have like doubts or whatever, you know? So whatever they put, they put on the film and they settle in to watch this movie. And, you know, first of all, I kind of thought it was going to be a porno because of the title of the movie. Right. (laughs) Well, it seemed like it was like a Aleister Crowley 1920s porno. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, I was not super impressed by what the film contains. I, 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 I like there were moments of it. I mean, it's, it's basically like a trippy art house film of like a like a naked woman and a naked dude in a mask. Um, and it's like purple and red lights. Basically, it's like every movie Missy has ever loved. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like flashing in front of their eyes. And in fact, the, the, one of the few one of the few parts I really thought was funny was was Todd or Abe like leans over and he's like, uh, is this, is an, this art? an art film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. And heavy metal Jeff like shuts this shuts it off. Yeah, it's like you see the the character that we'll, we will learn is the succubus comes into frame and she disrobes and you you see you know her her full frontals and heavy metal Jeff is like nope nope just this as is, everyone's getting into it. This is pornography and we will not have pornography here, right? Yeah. And there's something 
And this is a scene is like this is you know I already had like weird feelings about the movie. This is the scene where I was like, oh no, does this movie not know what it is? Yeah, because like the they cut they cut the movie off, and all of them are like, guys, we shouldn't we shouldn't watch this. It is pornography. And then I'm like, oh no, is this is this a movie making fun of like the religious right, or is this a movie that's like an afternoon special? Yeah, and to this to this moment, I don't know the answer really, right? Yeah. Because I don't know why. It, yeah, I mean, you, you really said it perfectly is the movie doesn't know what it is. And I like I came here like I want to watch a story about people who they watch the porno and it's really fucking cryptic and weird. And then one by one, creepy shit starts happening. Right. But you're right. They like turn it off. And now they're having this like it's just actually really weird that like they're not like 14 year olds. Right. Like they're like they're all like whatever 18 or 20 i don't know their actual age because it's not discussed <laughs> but they're all adults and again the very idea that like they're all like weirded out about watching the porno even though the movie opened with two of them watching people in real life fucking right 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 and and like none of them are like well i want to i mean i guess some of them do kind of want to keep watching because they put it back on right but like there's just like a weird vibe here i don't know how to really put it into words i mean it's a podcast we kind of have to uh <laughs> yeah but it's, it's i know what you're saying though is that it's just like it's very strange because i'm like the perspectives that the characters express are like guys we shouldn't do this because it's a sin it made me feel funny in my adult areas it's just like what is this supposed to be funny like what are they thinking and what are they caring about but whatever it gets rapidly derailed because the the then main contention is uh, Heavy Metal Jeff wants to take the film out of the projector, but it's like jammed in there. So they're like, oh, we got to get this out before Mr. Pike, the, the manager, gets back or else we'll be in deep shit. They don't say that. We'll be in deep, deep poop poop. Deep, deep poo poo. And they they like someone just grabs the film and yanks it out and that like breaks part of the projector. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's really a big plot point, but Jeff gets upset about it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's like even more stuck in there now. I guess. Oh, I, did they? I thought he actually got the film out. I, I guess I don't know. Well, oh, but he broke like the spool that it goes. Whatever. Right. I don't know. It's just like it's another one of those things where it's like I guess that's conflict. Like, um, I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, look, it just seems like the the much easier version is they just sit there with their mouths open as the whole film plays. And it like, you know, it could be like hypnotic or whatever. And you just let it play out. And then the film ends and it's like flapping in the projector and they go, what the fuck was that? Right. Right. Like that's just like a much easier way to do it. It's like in the ring, she doesn't like watch half of the tape and pause it and then go have a sandwich and talk to her son and then come back and finish it. Right. Like that's killing the tension by doing that. Yeah. And I think this movie is constantly killing its own tension. You know, yes, but I don't even know if they want to have tension. I think that's the problem. Right. Like, is the movie I just don't know. I don't know what the movie wants me to feel other than grossed out a couple times. You know, definitely wanted me to feel grossed out. (laughs) So, man, for the life of me, I do not. I I do. I know they do finish watching the film, right? They put it back. Yeah, they like they like get separated and then like Todd puts it back on. And so then they finish watching it and you get like flashes of seeing, you know, the 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 lady who is the succubus like sitting in the theater with them is fine. I don't know. It wasn't like particularly spooky. It wasn't particularly well done. I actually I kind of liked elements of the the actual movie that they're watching. Yeah, there were parts. I like the part where like the the succubus who whose name is Lilith from like the biblical sense. She's like naked and like 
like screaming and like coating herself in blood. Yeah. And and that I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. I'm liking this. Yeah. Um. But they, they, the other thing that's important is like it, it's it's important because it sets it up, but it's also not. It's sort of incidental. Is that there's like three artifacts you need for the binding, which is like a mortar and pestle, uh, this special blade, and these bells. Which are, like, important for the ritual, but, like, have no significance otherwise. I mean, like, those are things that are in the movie they're watching, right? You see yeah. them, like, ringing these special bells, and there's, like, the dude holding the knife. and But, like, it's not like it's clear what they're using them for in the movie, right. you know? Right. Well, because the movie's so abstract and impressionistic. Yeah. I mean, it's really fucking, like... It's like, art film. <laughs> Todd it, was right. Yes. And, like, again, it it, it comes down to it could, that could have been better, could have been worse. It just... I, I just... I was hoping for better, you know? Yes. Again, yeah. a lot of points for nudity. There's a lot of nudity in this movie, and I applaud yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, lot of close-ups of dicks, too. Like, you're going to get plenty oh, of dick in your face. Oh, if you think there wasn't enough boobies in your face, just you wait. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I think – then it's like the, uh, the, the assistant manager, she left the keys in the front door locking it. And when they come back, the keys are gone. And they're like, oh, beans, oh, f- fiddlesticks. The homeless guy's still here. And he took the keys. Right. And so this is where Jeff is like, he picks up a, whatever, a, a metal pole thing. And he's like, I'm just going to, or no, someone else picks it up. And he's like, I'm going to smash open the, because the, the front door is like glass, you know? Yeah. And, well, and also like, we live in America. They have to have emergency exits you can walk through. I got to tell you, I found it so weird that nobody talks about emergency exits and nobody tries using a phone in this movie. Yeah. Like, I understand that they don't have cell phones, but there must be a phone in this theater. And unless I'm wrong, at no point do they pick up a phone and try to call someone. Right. I also like at this point, it's unclear how because nothing terrible has happened yet other than some creepy supernatural shit. Right. Very low key. And so. I wasn't entirely sure where they were thinking of smashing the door anyway, but Jeff immediately gets in their face and is like, you'd be a bad employee to break the glass, right? <laughs> like it's in the, it's in the manual. You can't destroy the property of the theater. And they're like, okay. And you know, Chaz is like, that's okay. There's uh, extra keys in the manager's office. So they go in the manager's office and oh, all the keys are gone. They're, they're trapped in the theater. There's no way to get out of this movie theater, Chris. <laughs> Unless we go through the emergency exit doors, which are mentioned at the beginning of every fucking movie. Or if they were to actually smash the glass and say, so sorry, right? <laughs> or call the police. Or yeah, As long as they don't do any of those things, they are trapped as fuck, right? So then they decide, since we're trapped as fuck and there may or may not be something weird going on, we should probably all split up. <laughs> Let's split up, gang. <laughs> Well, I think somewhere in here is where I'm sorry, Todd or Abe, I don't know which one's which uh, goes missing. Right. Like I think it's Todd. Yeah. And and like because heavy put it back on and heavy metal or he broke the uh, the projector and heavy metal. Jeff is pissed at him. Right. And so they are. I mean, I'm so this movie really lacks any kind of like momentum in terms of like what's causing what. So and I know I talk about this a lot on the on the podcast, but like. It's very hard to remember the order of events because it's yes. like it's sort of just like well, it's, it's, it's three separate storylines that could happen in any order. Right. You could recut the sequences. For the most part, it wouldn't change anything. Right. right? You got like, let's just let's just jump to Todd's storyline. Right. Yeah. Todd goes down into the basement again for some reason. Right. Yep. And while he's down there, like you're right now, you see on the wall are all these like very weird looking porno posters. Right. Like 
I, yeah. I mean, I, it's like those '60s pornos before it like got just like you know uh, gross with like where Deep Throat is like it's called Deep Throat because she deep throats a guy. Like this is when oh. it was like the qu- the question of the question of Lily's innocence. <laughs> it's like, but then it's like a lady who's naked, but you know, arching her back. Yeah, it's like they're all trying to evoke that like Emmanuel in Paris kind of thing, yes. right? Yeah. But Todd is down there. And again, why he's down there, I, I just don't know. But he went back down. Because he and... can't be with the other characters. Otherwise, they'd uh, interve- intervene. Otherwise, they'd all just sit there and wait for midnight for the <laughs> boss to come back, right? <laughs> and and basically, at the end of the hallway, Lilith appears, right? And I got to tell you, she doesn't really have any lines, right, that I recall. I don't think she says anything. No. And I felt like she was okay, you know, yeah. as like the villain of this movie. But she had I, very like, high cheekbones and she had a very nice body. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, basically her entire job is to just have a nice body and walk slowly, right? Yeah. So Lilith does that and she's like walking toward him and she comes up to him and like takes his hand and starts like sucking on his finger. Yeah. And it's like, I guess it's important that his like hand is like crooked and frozen. Oh, yeah. He's got like, um, some kind of I don't know what that is like a a slight disability to his hand where his his like right index finger is constantly curved. Yeah, they don't really make a like they make a point of it later. I just kind of didn't realize that was it's, a thing. It's a very weird payoff because he's it's like ends up being significant. And he's like I can move my hand now, and I'm like I didn't realize you couldn't. <laughs> right. Yes. So she's like I guess sucking on that finger. Yeah. And he starts moaning, and I think it's implied that he has an orgasm. Right. Yes. Because um, they're later they're like your pants, man. Right. And so like they it cuts out of that scene. Right. And I found that odd because I assumed I assumed what was going to happen is that the succubus is going to seduce them one by one. And there'd be like cool sex slash death sequences. Right. Right. But for some reason, she doesn't kill him. And instead, the the other four come down and find him in the basement. And yeah, he's like laying on the floor and he's like, I saw her. I saw her. Right. And he has like come all over his pants right yeah and i was like okay that's that's gross but props are putting that in i guess right <laughs> um but i was like why didn't she kill him i don't understand what is she maybe she's just like powering up or something you know yeah because uh, it didn't feel like they interrupted her right right it just felt like yeah. they came down well, and that's, she... that's like one of the the main problems with the movie is that like the the succubus i i love seeing a movie about a succubus i remember when uh uh what was the um vhs, uh, VHS. yeah when vhs came out i was like fuck yes there's so few movies that tackle this well so when i learned this was about a succubus i was so stoked and then like i don't know like i think about like whatever like either christian uh his mytho- mythology and like modern interpretations of succubi i've seen it's always like they can take over people's minds through sex. They can kill you through sex. They absorb your life force. They, uh, you know, corrupt the the innocent. Whatever. Like, they make, you know, people that are innocent lusty. We don't get any of that. Yeah, I, I really think you're right. Like, they don't... This movie does not, like, lean into the succubus of it all, right? Right. Like, yeah, she, like, sucks on his finger. And, like, she tries to tempt a few other people a little later. But it's not... I don't know. These sequences aren't really played out very well. Right. And and like there's not like the direct like, all right, let's talk about the ring. You watch the ring video. You get a phone call. You have seven days to break the curse or you die. Right. That's a very simple sequence of events. Yep. In this, some people see the succubus. Some people straight up fuck the succubus. Some people just like smile at the succubus. And you might think that, oh, the person who fucked the succubus dies. No, you'd be wrong. The person who smiled at the succubus, they fucking lose their balls. I don't understand. 
Yeah, it, it, it feels like the general rule of thumb for succubi is like you have to give in to the temptation, right? Like if you if you have sex with them, then they kill you or whatever. They like drain right. your life energy or whatever. Right, right, right. But it's a, yeah, it, I, I kind of just it just kind of felt like she was she was a succubus part time. But the rest of <laughs> she's just like a normal, powerful demon that's like, well, I like fucking, but it's not the only way I can kill you, you know? Right, right. But. You know, at least with at least with the Cenobites, like, oh, their whole biz is like pain is pleasure. So they're going to do twisted, fucked up shit like this. I don't know what her method to her madness is. Yeah, I mean, she's a demon. So I think it just falls under general like. I know, I but that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, OK, man, there's there's a lot there's a lot of other stuff to cover that's also dumb why don't we just jump forward a bit right because like yeah uh so then what they, what happens they like split up to like look for them and uh ricky and Chaz get locked in the green room and like they have a talk of where she's oh, right this is where yeah. she go ahead chris yeah she's like oh you went to camp and i don't know it's just like in tone that she likes him and there's something between like obviously he's gonna be gay like, oh it's yeah, pretty no, it's, obvious. it's so obvious that he's he went to some kind of like a uh, gay conversion camp right but they have not revealed that at this point. And uh, yeah, she basically she clearly likes him and she like storms off so that she's now completely by herself. And that's where she runs into him again. And he basically comes up and starts kissing her. And yeah, he's shirtless and he has the uh, the 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 football grease under his eyes. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And uh, and then after which is weird because he's supposed to be like a baseball player, right? Do baseball players wear that? I guess, oh, I they guess do. so, too. Yeah. yeah OK. And that's when she like opens her eyes and realizes it's the succubus, right? Right. Like taking his form. But again, nothing happens to her. She just like runs off. Right. And then she like runs back into him and she's like, why did you just kiss me? And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. But like, why would she think that was him if she just saw the succubus? Yeah. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? Maybe she runs. I thought she, she doesn't run. I mean, she wouldn't run off unless she saw it was a succubus. Right. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know uh, this is not our, uh, this is not our shining moment to talk about plot, right? I just feel like I, I remember seeing all these events, but I just don't, I just, none of them are really important, you know? Yeah, well, it's because it's all out of, like, none of it's really, as you said, like, there's no uh, uh, cause and effect. Exactly, right? It's not like be, the only cause, the only cause and effect is they find the film and because they watch it, they release a succubus. But from that point forward, it doesn't feel like anything a person does causes the next thing in the chain. Like I said, one person just literally goes missing and they're like, okay, down in the basement. She kisses the succubus and runs off. I don't, I think it's not, it's not revealed until later that he went to gay camp, right? Or gay yeah. conversion camp. When do they talk about balls busting? Because that's an important moment, right? Like at a certain point, like heavy metal Jeff starts talking about how, like what, a, like your, like your balls can explode. And they go, how do you know that? And he's like, my dad was a Nam and he said he saw oh, it all yeah, the time. Yeah. And I don't even know why this gets brought up. I, I, I'm like, I'm sure if I went back and watched it, there's a slightly natural progression, but they're basically setting up the idea of your testicles exploding. Right. And so a little later, like heavy metal Jeff's testicles explode. Yes. And I literally don't remember how it happens. I, other than the sucky, he, like, he sees the sucky. All right. So they, they try to break out. Uh, they then see that the movie is now just like playing by itself and then they like run into the manager's office and barricade themselves in there. While they're in the manager's office, they're like, "Oh, Mr. Pike says he has a gun locker in here. Let's get the gun." 
and they like manage to break it open and they realize it's not a gun but it's a camera because the the wall is goes to the women's restroom and so he's like drilled a hole in the wall and in this gun locker he's keeps like a camera to record women using the restroom right like oh no he's actually a perv and he's got just like like an entire cabinet of vhs tapes full of women going to the bathroom and i was like okay i barely know mr pike so this isn't really like a reveal you know like I guess it's a reveal, whatever. But okay, he he he's not such a good Christian, I guess is what they're getting at, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that like underneath, that, that's sort of the thing is that like, you know, everyone can say they're a Christian, but like underneath it, they're they're all they all have their sins. And I guess for me, I'm like, okay, that's kind of like a cold take. Yeah, and I think it's somewhere in here that like heavy metal Jeff talks about how like. He, you know, because he's straight edge, he, he like he, the last the last vice he ever had was cigarettes and he gave those up a year ago. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't know if anything happens with the with the camera. And, and uh, they, well, we see the Mr. Pike. We see uh, him. He comes back. Right. No, he comes back. Right. But is that before or after the ball busting sequence? That's before. Is it? OK. So Mr. Yeah. Pike comes back. Yeah. And, and then he goes into the bathroom because he's looking for the kids. He's like, children. Are you here in the women's restroom? <laughs> and they're and they're like watching through the camera. Yes. Right. Um, and that's when, yes, like the succubus comes up to Mr. Pike and starts like like. Sedu- it, oh, right. I'm remembering the sequence. It starts seducing him. Right. And yeah. like, look, I, I completely understand. Like you're you're a manager at a movie theater. It's it's close to midnight. You've come to look for the kids to drive them all home. And there's this naked hot woman in the bathroom and she bends you over and wants to start fingering your asshole. And you're going to, of course you're going to say yes. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> Look, that's we've all you... done the closing shift on Saturdays. <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> so yeah, she's like bends him over and it's, I mean, I yeah, guess, I guess I just... she's tossing a salad or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's obviously off frame. I assume she was fingering his asshole. <laughs> that's, yeah. what I, that's what I thought, but you're well, right. But Chris... she wasn't like standing behind him. She gets down on her knees. Oh, that's true. That's true. All Whatever. Right. We spent I mean, a lot of time sussing out what she did to this guy's butthole. This part goes on for a little longer than necessary. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then he explodes and like there's just a geyser of blood and she stands up holding his uh, severed pinky. Yes. So I was like, oh, she ripped his dick off. OK. So yeah. he fucking dies. And I was like, OK, at this point, I think this is the first death of the movie. Right. Yes. And I was like, oh, people are actually going to die. And there's actually violence in this movie. OK, like I'm, I'm more intrigued now. So obviously at this point, in case anyone like, look again, dude, if like if my wife came up to me and made out with me and then turned into a man and then I ran into the kitchen, my wife was in the kitchen, I would leave the house, right? I'd be like, I don't know what's going on, but something supernatural is happening, especially if earlier in the night I watched some kind of trippy film I found in my basement that I didn't know existed. So, but what I'm getting at is if these people were even sort of on the fence that maybe something supernatural is happening. At this point, they now know for a fact that there is an evil entity that's trying to murder them. And yet they still don't try to call the police and they still don't go back to let's smash the glass door and run out. Like at this point, Mr. Pike is dead. So we're not really going to get in trouble for smashing the glass, right? (laughs) Right. Like it's such a bizarre, I I appreciate that they attempted to explain it, but I would have much preferred the like, the explanation of, um, you can't break it. It's like bulletproof or something, right? I don't know. Uh, it's like that plastic shit that you can't smash. Yeah, through. or it's like they've been, you know, because they watched it, they're now like sealed in here. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, that sort of happens, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's later, and that's, like, after they go through whatever. We'll so, Mr. Pike dies. Yeah. Uh, she they... then drags his corpse out, and they all, like, run out of the manager's office screaming, and Heavy Metal Jeff is like, I'm gonna bludgeon her with this bat. And then she offers him cigarettes. Yes. She's standing there, like, naked with two cigarettes. And, like, he acts as though this, like, like, like this is, like, the world's most strong temptation for him. Like, like a fully naked succubus woman who clearly wants to like fuck the shit out of you. Like that's not his temptation, but a cigarette is, you know, like (laughs) he's just like, Oh my God, a cigarette. And I guess the very thought of smoking the cigarette, he doesn't even smoke it. Does he? Nope. He He just is like, Oh, Oh, Christ bears the load. Oh no. And then she's like, his, he's like, Oh, my ball. Oh, my other ball. (laughs) Right. And it's weird because it's like echoing, the scene earlier where Todd sort of like, you know, his his balls explode differently. Right. Like, yes, she causes him to have like the world's greatest orgasm. Right. Whereas for heavy metal Jeff, she literally causes his testicles to explode. Right. Yep. And he falls down screaming. They come rushing in and they're like, what happened? He's like, my balls, my balls. And they 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 the at, at this point, it has definitely been revealed that that Ricky went to gay camp because. Yes. Right. I forget. Someone else brings it up. Right. And basically that like, you know, the the big revelation is that he's gay and his parents sent him to this camp and he basically just made up that he has a girlfriend named Jasmine because as he's like, he's like trying to help Jeff to get his pants off to like see the situation. And and Jeff is like, basically, like, are you is this weird? Should you do this because you're gay? And and again, this is one of the couple lines in the movie that I liked where, where Ricky is like. You think like I'm gonna be attracted to your like bloody ball sack, right? Is that he's like is that, is yeah. that how you think gay people work? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I, I kind of appreciated that. But it also like just the construction of this. All right, so like he then very slowly takes his pants off and then very slowly takes his shorts off. And it's a pretty darn good prosthesis of an exploded testicle. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, this is the part we you mentioned earlier. It lingers on this close-up of like a dick with exploded balls for so long it is so fucking graphic like i'm surprised this doesn't push it over into nc-17 yeah seriously no cock 17 year old oh my god it is so fucking gross (laughs) yeah this is like you think we're kidding this is like a four minute scene (laughs) like i gotta tell you it's weird for for how little I liked the overall movie, I give it such incredible props for this moment. And this moment might be one of the most gross things we've ever seen on Pod Forsaken. Like, Absolutely. Oh my God. And, and it looks fucking good. It looked really good. I, I literally, I was like, maybe that's why the movie looks so mediocre is because they put all their money into this. They were like, how much does it cost to have like a real looking penis and bloody ball sack? And they were like, that's and Heavy Metal fu- Jeff was like, I'll do it. They were like, yeah. no, no, like a prosthetic. He's like, I'll do it. No, I'll do it, man. Just fucking give me some liquor. Let's do it quick. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, we're not going to explode your testicles. Dude, I think you want us to explode your testicles. <laughs> and so I, I, I hate to be the – so basically like Ricky takes like a shoelace and he's like trying to turn a – trying to tie a tourniquet. Yeah, he makes like a tourniquet and it's like a lot of, lot of handling of Heavy Metal Jeff's dick. <laughs> It's a lot, man. It's like he close ups of him like flopping his dick around, or like putting the <laughs> putting the cord on it. Yeah. And 
And I was like, again, Bravo, you guys. <laughs> He's like, what do I do? Is it over then under? No, under <laughs> then over. There we go. All right, here we go. Oh, but hold I, on. I tied it too tight. Can anyone get this not undone? I also felt like the way he tied the tourniquet wouldn't actually help no. anything, right? Because like I was actually sitting there thinking like, you have to tie it above the wound, right? To prevent right. the blood from, but he like basically ties it around his dick. <laughs> he just like, he does like a, what's the uh, Japanese sex rope thing? He does that yeah. to his dick. I, I was thinking that too. I don't know if there is a term, but like, like you tie someone's dick up with a rope. Yeah. <laughs> there must be shibari. I mean, I, that sounds right. I think that's the general term for all like sex rope stuff. Right. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think there's a specific dick. Oh, one. Kin, Kinbaku is tight binding. Oh, all right. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta tell you, while uh, while we might be all over the place, Podforsaken listeners learn a lot of interesting facts on our show. Yeah, <laughs> Kin- Kinbaku Shibari, yeah. say it after us. Kinbaku, Kinbaku Shibari, <laughs> rope binding. Kinbaku. If, also, yeah, if your balls explode, I don't think you should tie a shoelace around your dick. You're gonna need to go. I, I, I don't no, actually know. This is this is the point where you break down the thing and get Jeff to a fucking hospital. Tell Chris, tell me, do they actually pick up a phone at any point? Am I, is it possible that happened and I just wasn't paying attention? Uh, I don't think so. It's I really, don't remember. At this point, don't you just call? Don't you just call nine one one and say like our friend is bleeding to death on the lobby? You floor? don't even have to explain why your friend's yeah. balls are exploded. <laughs> yeah, you they can will leave just out- fix him. You can you can leave out the whole part about the evil cursed film and the succubus, right? Yeah. I also want to point out earlier, way earlier in the movie, Chaz like finds a evil, not an evil book. She finds like a book and just flips to a section on succubi and reads it. Remember this? Yes. But it's sort of like out of out of nowhere. Am I wrong? Like, why did she read that? It's I don't know. It, it's because like we short, needed the, how else would we know it's a succubus if they don't know how being gay works it's sort of like in this in the general section of like at the beginning when they find the film it might be like right after they watch it for the first time but she like just picks up a book and like flips to a middle chapter and there's like there's a picture of a succubus and there's a chapter that says succubi and and she reads it and i was like i don't know this is weird i understand that like you you need to learn this information but whatever so okay back to where we're at he's he's like no longer bleeding to death. They've, you know, they have stopped the the bleed out. And, um, you know, from this point forward, Jeff is OK, except he kind of just like hobbles around a lot, as you would. But man, do I not remember what happens from here? Because like <laughs> then they try to burn the film. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And this, this again, this is like they try to burn it. And of course, like they set it on fire and then the flames just kind of go out and it does right. no damage can't, to it. Can't burn it. Yep. And this this to me is like like one of those like weird like. Okay, are you making a religious movie that you're making commentary, or is this just like a, a simple referential movie? Because their response to that is like, "And lo, the bush did not burn," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, you're right. I like, I totally expect that in any kind of movie. You try to destroy the tape, the book, the fucking evil box, and like, you can't destroy it, right? That's fine. Right. But you're right. They make the reference to Moses, Moses. and the burning bush, yeah. and I was like, it's weird that they're still like. It, what I think what's weird is like at this point, these kids are not like going like they're not like the kids from like uh, you ever seen that documentary? Is it Christ Camp? Oh yeah, Jesus Camp. It's Jesus, Jesus Camp. Jesus Camp. I gotta tell you, listener, if you want to see something truly scary, go watch <laughs> Jesus Camp. Right? Yeah. There is not a more prophetic documentary than that one. Like that that contextualizes our current moment 
so much more than anything else you could watch. I, I genuinely think you're right. I think and, and again, like, n- you know, no offense to to Christianity or, or religions in general. Like, it's just like I think you can take anything too far. Right. And Jesus Camp is a documentary about like, I don't even know what you call them, like extreme evangelicals, extreme yes. evangelicals. And 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 yeah, when I watch that, anytime I wonder how we can have people in our country who feel certain ways, I think of Jesus camp and I'm like, those people exist. Yep. There's also a uh, a good one that goes to Jesus camp that's underseen. I, I want to say it's called like, uh, it's it's not Hell House. That's a different movie. But there's a documentary about evangelical Christians and they put on like, they do like a haunted house every year for charity, right? Huh. You know, like a walkthrough, like Universal Horror Night type thing. Uh-huh. But like all of their horror scenes are... They're like, here's like the Harry Potter scene, right? Where like a kid reads, like you go, you're walking through and like a kid reads Harry Potter and then they get possessed by a demon, right? There's a, there's like a, like a, like people, kids playing Magic the Gathering and shit. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's, I, it, it's a small world, but for like religious uh, exactly. panic. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> I wish uh, it will come to me later. I'll, I'll come back to what the title is. Yeah. So yeah, they, they try to burn it. It doesn't work. And then they're like we got to like find Todd or something. And is this the point where Abe's like, Oh, it is everybody- called, sorry. It is called hell house. It it's is hell house. Oh, okay. there, there's, there's two, there's hell house, which is this 2002 documentary. That is great. But then there's a horror movie called hell house LLC, okay. which is, which is a, it's a standard found footage horror movie. That is great. So no, sorry for the confusion. Carry oh, on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hell house from 2001. Is it? Yeah, each Halloween youth members of Trinity Church, Texas, construct a hell house, a modern-day fire and brimstone sermon. Yes, right. That's yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Put that on the list. I haven't seen that one. So what, anyway. I'm getting, what I was getting at is these kids, these teenagers, whatever these, whatever their age are, they are not, like, dropping to their knees and, like, crying and praying hysterically. Hysterically, right. sorry. Which you would think you would do at the point when you realize that demons are taking over, right? Like – it's odd that they're so devout, but they're not really like praying for God's help in this demonic situation. Oh, oh man, that's just like I, I, as crazy and balls to the wall, pun intended, as they <laughs> went with like heavy metal Jeff's, you know, injury. I really wish like one of them did just like drop down to his knees and start praying to God. And then he like starts choking and then just like barfs up a dick or something. Just like insane shit. That is a weird request, Chris. <laughs> just like, just like, I really wish there were like this movie as for like, it just, th- again, it feels like non-committal, right? Because it's like, this movie has the grossest, most intense prosthetics I've seen in any of a Pod Forsaken movie. Yep. Aside from like, maybe some of the sequences in uh, Society or uh, in, in Possession. But like, this is more realistic. Yeah, dude, it looked like a real it looked like a real penis. And though his balls had actually been blown up with firecrackers, it was yes. really something yeah. but like for but a then movie. Like, but then like the, the religious stuff is like, oh, we believe in Jeebus. Huh? Like, what? what is this saying? <laughs> yeah. Same with the sex stuff. All of the yeah. sex stuff. Again, like there's a real nudity. It's just like I, I don't actually expect them, you know, like to like sh- actually show people fucking. But like. It, the sex like for a movie about an, a, a succubus it's not very erotic you know what i mean no no i think that's the that's the biggest sin this movie commits right is that you called it porno and it's about a succubus but i don't really feel any sexuality from the movie right and nor does it really feel like it's about these teens discovering or fighting against their sexuality right 
Yeah, because if it's a movie about religious teens being exposed to a succubus, you're like, oh, it's a temptation parable. But there's nothing that they're giving up, right? Like, temptation is about sacrifice of something that you don't want to sacrifice. But, like, I don't really seem to get that they, like, care about their virginity or their purity or their, you know, salvation. Uh, the only one, the most pure person is uh, Heavy Metal Jeff. And he immediately gets his balls explode for thinking about a cigarette. Right. Like, he... He should at least smoke the cigarette, you know? Right, right. It's like he should have, like, taken it, taken a drag, looked happy, and then been like, oh, no. <laughs> I think somewhere in here, you also, we also get the reveal that uh, Todd is not the creepy pervert that we all thought he was, right? Again, it's weird because, like, they keep talking about who's a pervert and who's not, but, like, four out of five of them wanted to watch this porno. Right? Exactly. And Todd's the one who put it back on forcibly. Yeah, that's true. So he he is he is a pervert, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like he he got in trouble for doing the peeping when really it was Abe's idea. Right. Basically and Todd just got caught. Because Todd has like the crooked finger and he got he couldn't climb out of the tree in time. And so he got caught and basically just took the rap for Abe's peeping, right? But it's sort of like, all right, like I guess that is a that is a reveal. Is it interesting? Not really. Like, I don't care which I don't care if character one or two got caught in a backstory that's irrelevant for peeping. Right. right. But also they both were there. They both were peeping. Right. So right. like, well, and it's also like, again, it's like there's no stakes to it. Right. Because it's not like Todd was like, I was going to get my collar and become a religious person. But now I can't get into Trinity College because I have this on my record or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, then Abe's like, Todd's a good friend. I'm going to go find him and his cum pants. And he like after revealing this immediately goes and then sees like a peep peep show that the succubus is putting on and it's the same man and woman from the opening and but it has like all that like you know neon red and, and magenta lights and uh sorry abe is about to start jerking off and then the succubus just like pops out of the hole and and does an exorcism vomit on him and yes I'm just like what what is the power here so he like fucking fucking heavy metal jeff thinks about a cigarette and his balls explode abe's about to nut one off and it's like haha i'm gonna do a funny goof on you i guess the idea is that like his like abe's um temptation or sin or whatever is that he likes to watch right he's mm -hmm. like he's a peeping tom that's what he is and so she is putting on a show for him and yes he starts jerking off but you would think this is what would cause her to blow up his balls or eat right. his face or rip his dick off like she's done several times but instead yeah she just starts vomiting black goo all over him and you i think this is the first time you see the succubus in her true form and she's kind of got like demon teeth and demon eyes and shit yeah it's got like the upper upper half of her face has you know is like black scales and she's got horns yeah i thought it looked okay i yeah, i it looked I've, fine it looked i feel fine. like i've seen this representation of like a lilith succubus before yeah and then I think while she's vomiting on him, his friends find him and grab him and like pull him away. Yep. And then I, again, just don't remember. Don't they go into like alternate dimension land soon? Uh, yeah. So then it's revealed that uh, the homeless guy actually. The homeless guy is, shows back up. Yeah. He's Mr. Beekman, who's oh. like the, the owner of this former porn place. Because one of the times, again, I really feel like if you want to have a drinking game, you should watch this. And every time you either see a boob, a penis, or someone gets separated, you do a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Man, you'll, and then you'll, you'll die of alcohol poisoning. That's thing, you'll die. I think I think if you just drink when people get separated, <laughs> you'll still get pretty drunk. <laughs> because again, so like, it just feels like so much could be solved by just gathering together in a room and and holding hands and praying, right? Because like, you'd be like, can't really get you can't really get tempted if all your friends are there to be like that's a succubus right don't get right it. but when they're down in the basement at one of the points they find this old black and white photograph 
of like, you know, three guys in suits like opening a movie theater. And they're like, isn't that the crazy homeless guy we saw earlier? Did he used to own this theater? So that that happened earlier. Now the homeless guy breaks back in. Dude, I seriously, I, I literally don't remember. He, they, so this is this is one of the worst blocked sequences. They are trying to find Todd. They find that the homeless guy is actually dressed up like a, you know, 1920s uh, Diabolist wizard. And he's <laughs> uh, he's got like a pentagram on the floor. Todd is tied up. Yes. The guy right. cut his own dick off because he's got a blood spot on his boxers. And he's like, I have assembled the tools, the mortar, the bells, the sword, a pound, a pound of flesh. My dick weighed a pound. And then, <laughs> and now I just need virgin blood. And then he like cuts himself up with like a pentagram thing. And then he cuts Todd up with a pentagram. And all four of them are just standing there like, oh, jinkies. What do, oh, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, my God. Yeah. I will say when, when he's when he was carving up Todd's chest, that looked pretty good. I, yeah, I was... but then it cuts to Todd and he goes, oh, stop cutting me. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a reveal here that Todd was going to say, I'm not a virgin, you know? Oh, that would have been great. And I thought there was going to be because like if I were to just pause a frame of this movie and show it to you and say, which of these five people do you think is definitely a virgin? You would all pick Todd, right? Absolutely. Like, you would look and go, that dude has never gotten laid. I don't think any maybe Chaz has gotten laid. Maybe Jeff, but maybe the rest Jeff of, when he was cool. Ricky probably got you. In fact, you would say Todd and Abe have never been laid. The yeah. rest probably have. But if you, I thought there was going to be this whole reveal that it doesn't work. But no, just he is just a virgin, right? Yep. yep. So and then Lilith, what chest bursts out of the the wizard old yes, man. That was cool. I, I like that. That was yeah. cool. Like her hand like rips out of his chest, and then she like claws her way out. And I was like, again, was not expecting this level of gore in this movie. It's not as cool as the as the nothing tops the dick, the blown up. No, no, nothing comes close. But this was good. So let me ask you a question, Chris. What 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 has this homeless dude been doing for like all this time? Like, why is he homeless and running around? And like, is he just I, biding his time for the night that some teens find the thing in the basement? Like, I guess I don't know. But he like led them to it. That's what's so weird is like what for the majority of the film when the homeless guy's in it. And, you know, the homeless guy has a name. It's I mean, apparently it's Mr. Beekman, Mr. Beekman. But on IMDb, he's Lord Beekman. Right. Right. But he he is clearly like a crazy guy. It's like talking to himself and running around and blah, blah, blah. But then when he becomes Lord Beekman, he seems like he has his shit together. And he's just like so for like five years, he's just been a homeless guy. And like he couldn't get in because he didn't have money to buy a ticket. I I don't. (laughs) don't know i don't understand like if if his entire purpose in life is to like finish this ritual why and he knows where it is why hasn't he gone in there right i don't know uh so so whatever. yeah he he he, he, he finishes dies. the ritual yeah she, he explodes she then i so i also don't understand what the ritual was for no See, the clue. dude explodes and then she's summoned and then all she does is she takes todd and throws him in a portal and leaves with him and then right fucking abe and jeff follow them into the portal and i'm like so wait you sacrifice yourself to summon the succubus so that this <laughs> could virgin back. could be in a portal what <laughs> like like i mean i i again look i assume it's like you know you you summon the succubus to you know have a demon that grants all your wishes or whatever right right but, right but again it's really bizarre that the movie doesn't ever explain what this dude is like dude here's a very simplistic version right is that all of these events have been um you know set up by lord beekman right to get these kids to find the thing to willingly sacrifice themselves so he can complete it right but that's not the way it really feels it just feels like 
you know, he just like uh, it, it doesn't even feel like he it, it feels like he literally came to and was like, oh, wait, I totally forgot that I'm supposed to summon a succubus. But the succubus is already out and killing people. So what did he really do? Right. Like, I guess made her more permanent, I guess. I guess. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, I yeah. I, I got to tell you, by this point in the movie, I, it was late. I was getting a little droopy eyed. That's that's on me. But I, I watched it all. Right. But I still was like, I'm not following this. Like, yeah. But yeah, she rips open a portal. They go through. And now we're in like the alternate dimension where Todd's finger totally works just fine. Right. Yep. And he's like, look at my finger. It works yeah. fine. And so Jeff and Abe, they're like, they rush out to the front door and they're like, we can get out. And it's like daylight, but they, when yes. they touch the door, it burns them and keeps them inside. And then like all the people on the street turn around. And I thought this was a cool idea. Yep. They all like every, like these five people on the street all turn around and look straight at them and then just like go. And then like <laughs> this like demonic fire symbol appears in the air. And then like all five of them explode. Yeah, like, it's like the cool. um, it, they all look like the the body snatchers do, like their mouths yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. open, going like oh, and their eyes are all white. And then yeah, like it's not the greatest effect in the world, but yeah, a a fiery you know, like you said, sigil thing just appears and it like flies around the street and just blows them all up and like CG right. blood splatter, right? Yeah, but I was like, hey, and you're like, it's a cool idea. Uh, so yeah, you get this sense of like they're trapped in hell or something. Right. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Todd's basically is like, oh, guys, my hand that was a minor plot point earlier is fine now. And that's an indication that I'm actually possessed and I'm the succubus or I'm a demon or something. Is it? I just thought it was just like, um, I, it, like, a, you know, in this alternate reality, it's better sure. here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I you're don't right. know. I don't know. But yeah, then he's possessed and, uh, you know, there's basically in the outside, uh, what's her name, uh, and Ricky uh, are like, we got to do the ritual and summon her and then I, I'll stab her. You got to stab her with the magical dagger. Right. And yeah, that's, you know, what do you think happens? Abe is like, <laughs> hey, demon friend, you're actually my friend. And then the, the gay guy seduces the succubus and is fucking the succubus. And Chaz is like, should I stab her now? And he's like, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck, because he's having gay sex with the succubus. I don't know. But then they kill the succubus. Whatever. Not, and none of it means anything. It's meaningless. Right. Does the, wait, did the succubus, like, turn into a dude for him? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It appears as a guy to him. Yeah, uh, I vaguely remember this. I, yeah. I... And then they stab it. She dies. The, the three characters are teleported back to reality. And then they walk outside. And that's the end of the movie. Well, I, I think it's important to note that they finally decide. I think Jeff decides I will smash the door, right? Yes. And so I, I feel like I really should go to the hospital now. I'll smash the door. <laughs> yeah. Like they, uh, you know, you see like a shot of the glass shatter and the whatever. I don't know what the pole, the pole that holds up like the rope that to make yeah, lines. Yeah. I don't know if there's a name for that. Like, you know, sure. Uh, you see that like land on the street and then. Is it just them walking down the street? Is that how it, it ends? It literally is them walking down the street. So right. it's supposed to be like they were caught in this like house of mirrors and temptation and lies and whatever. And like now they're free. And they all live, right? They yep. all lived. Yeah. Um, Except for Mr. Pikeman, who's a pervert. Right. And and Lord Beekman, who's a And Lord Beekman, who's a pervert. Is, right. And the succubus, right? And <laughs> who's, who's a pervert. pervert. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, and, and then it ended. And yeah, I, I was just like, I'm not... It just felt why like, why yeah. did this what what was what people got up people like sat down and wrote this people got into a sundance lap about this what was the kernel of the idea that was like you know what i gotta finish this what you know, was the driving force 
I, I feel like this is one of those like when it was pitched and maybe like, you know, like an outline form when it was just like a one or two page, you know, outline where it was like, here's my idea. Five really Christian kids who are like good friends or some level friends, they get they get stuck in a movie theater and they watch an evil porno and temptation takes hold and they all have to deal with their faith one by one. Like in the short form pitch, that sounds like something like, like I said, you you and I watched the movie based on that premise. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I think that's how they got into Sundance Labs. And then then they actually had to write the script. And this is what came out. Right. Like and look again there are a lot there are a lot of movies that successfully walk the line between comedy and horror right i think it's i think comedy horror but it, this just wasn't funny enough to be a comedy movie and it wasn't horrifying enough to be a horror movie dude i'm telling you literally for almost i mean maybe for the whole runtime i was unsure if this is like if it's just bad or if it's meant to be funny right right and, and it's sort of like I, I again there were parts that i was like that is clearly a joke that line was meant to get a laugh so okay but a lot of the other parts i'm like is this just bad acting you know because the acting isn't terrible but it's not really great yeah it, it's kind of like nothing in this movie is truly terrible but nothing is truly great except for the exploded penis yep and even that is just sort of like out of nowhere and doesn't have any of its own like internal logic that has any deeper significance where you're like like i'm gonna forget about that in probably a month yeah and, and like I don't even feel like Chaz is like tempted at all, except like briefly she makes out with the succubus when she thinks it's Ricky. Right. Yep. But like it, it just doesn't feel like anybody is dealing with their their own inner demons or whatever. Right. Right. Like I think a, a much better version of this movie. Have you ever seen Tales from the Crypt Demon Night? Uh, maybe. OK. I mean, it's like it stars. Uh, who's the bad guy in Titanic? Why can't I think uh, of it? James Cameron? <laughs> touche uh billy something billy, billy zane, zane right demon knight is like a bunch of people trapped in a house with like demons and like they uh they do things where like they have ways of like they, they have this like vial of blood like basically it's jesus's blood that they can use to, like seal doorways so the demons can't get in uh -huh. and so the demons have to like psychologically tempt them to leave the room right ah and, you know, look, Demon Knight's dope. It's a dope movie that, like, a lot of people haven't seen. But uh, that's kind of what I expect, right? Is like, it, It's it's like a real movie, right? It's got, like, l good lighting and depth of field. It's like, it, like, it has a higher budget, right? And I can't, like, I get it. This movie is a, porno is a very low budget movie. And uh, they had one location. It was a movie theater. And they had to work with that, right? But I genuinely don't understand why you can't put a little more money into different lenses, right? Like, like. <laughs> having a set of different lenses for your camera makes such a dramatic difference right especially when you're dealing with like in a movie theater like you could shoot those scenes in the actual theater with some kind of style you know you could like rack focus from the back of a head to what's on screen you could like you know do low low like everything is just feels very like it, it's it feels like you like it's gave, flat and perfunctory yeah it's just like set the camera there and just have everyone say their line like put the camera in front of his at least they are aware to like you know do close-ups and alternate and like takes and shit but it just doesn't feel like there's no really there's there's a couple camera moves there, there's like a couple parts i was like okay they tried here but it it it's not really establishing a like a sense of mood so it's hard to get drawn into the movie so therefore now you're left with okay now it all comes down to the 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 dialogue and the characters, right? Because if you if it, it's not if it's yes. not a moody experience, then this plot has to carry me. But the plot doesn't really make much sense, and these people don't feel 
like I, I think they were trying to go for this idea of here are five good Christian people, but they all have secrets, right? And right. one is secretly a peeping Tom, and one is secretly gay. And one, one is secretly getting over smoking. Well, yeah, one, one secretly, yeah, used to like cigarettes. And the girl has no secrets. <laughs> <laughs> like she's she's just a good it's person. Like they were coming up with it in the middle of the pitch. They're like, oh, wow. So these characters are going to be really interesting, right? Yeah. Oh, you got like the, the closeted gay Christian kid. Wow, that's great. What else you got? This guy used to smoke. <laughs> oh, like pot? Uh, no, <sighs> no, cigarettes, just like cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. Okay, wait, and, what, uh, what, about what about the other the... guy? Uh, he He's peeping Tom. Oh, man, you get in trouble for that? No, his friend did? Oh, what's his deal? <laughs> he's got a crooked hand. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's his sin? Yeah, he's just got like a crooked hand and like he, he takes blame for other people maybe? Like, <laughs> and, okay, what about the girl? Uh, she doesn't know She just nothing. dyed hair. Yeah, she, oh, she... <laughs> She she uh she wears eyeliner without permission. There's a part yeah. of the movie where she, she wears she, too much makeup. She's like, you don't you don't have to ask permission for everything from from adults. Like, I just put on this eyeliner without asking. You know, what about the owner of the theater? Oh, he he records <laughs> he's women. He's a fucking pervert. <laughs> he, he's an that actual pervert. Is, that dude is committing so many felonies. <laughs> oh, so they're so, all pretty equal. So he'll he'll be a big part of the movie, right? No, not at all. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna see his dick a lot more than we even see him. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, this was a weird one. I yeah. um look, I applaud a lot of the the really out there choices, like the the ball explosion. The I like I just the idea. It's a strong idea. I yep. just a plus idea, C execution. Yeah, I feel like a C is the right is the right place, right? Like nothing here was offensively bad. It's just and like again, I was it held my attention. You know, like yeah, I was I was watching it. and I was like, there's something. There's something kind of zany about it, right? Maybe zany isn't the right word, but there's a goofiness to the movie. But it didn't commit in one way too hard. That's and it, really, if it if yeah. it really had committed to being like, haha, we're gonna make like an exploitation film that's aware of these tropes, and we're gonna be constantly either undermining them or like leaning into them to hilarious extents, that would be one thing. But it didn't. It was just sort of like I always use this term, hand wavy. Like it's just sort of like, yeah, you know, it's the Christian gay kid. So he's going to have to touch the other guy's penis. Right. You know, like, um, look, I think the best the best movies are the ones that do commit all the way. Like we talked about Psycho Gorman. Right. And like yes. in some way and like that movie commits. Right. It's like we are here to have gore and comedy. Right. But when we do them, I'm going to fucking commit hard on those. Right. 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 Whereas this is like I don't want to commit too much on the gore except in this one or two scenes. Right. And I don't want to commit too much in the comedy, but I will kind of have a instead of it being really funny in moments, there's kind of just like a low. It's like that comedian. You go. It's like you go see your friend do stand up comedy for the first time. Right. Like your friend's been taking some comedy classes and they're like, come see my stand up show. And like they do like a five to ten minute set. And the whole time you're politely smiling, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they say one joke and you actually laugh. And for a moment, you think, oh, maybe these classes aren't a waste of time, right? But then they then they keep going, and then the set kind of fizzles out, and there's, like, polite applause, right? Yeah. That's what Porter Or there's, like, one like. friend who's laughing way too hard because they really understand the references. Yeah, it could be. I, I, really, I really don't know. I was so excited about this movie, dude. And, like, I normally say I'm glad we watched it, but I don't know if I am. You know, like, I, I guess because it had the gross – it had some gross shit and, like, boobs. You know, hooray. And some floppy dick. You don't get to see much dick in, in horror movies, you know? So I applaud I applaud taking it over the line. I just man, I just I just wanted this to be better. 
And yeah, uh, I like, know. I, I certainly disappointing. don't. I really don't think anyone needs to watch this movie, you know. But if you again, if you're just looking for the gore, it, it's worth. I don't know. I guess you could watch up to that point, and but if, if you get that far, you're just gonna watch the whole movie, or you can like, yeah, fast forward just to see it. I don't know, but uh, I don't really have you know much else to say. It just, it just, it's a miss. It's a miss, right? Um, I I feel like there were ten different better versions of this movie yes. that it could have been, especially based on the poster and the and the, oh, the poster so good. Who did the poster? I want to know. I I don't like. I don't know. I, I really I feel like there's a completely different version where like one of them is an extreme Christian and one's like kind of questioning their faith. And like, I, I, I guess right, what it goes out right. to is like, it, or, or, it, or it felt like there was going to be the version where it's like each of them is getting lulled over to it. And it's a question of like, there's like two people left as everyone else is like, you know, a fuck monster. Right. I think the other thing that's kind of is kind of a letdown is that none of the five main characters die or give into the temptation. Right. Like. Yes, one yeah. forever loses his balls. Right. But besides that, there is no penalty for any of them, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to watch a movie where, like, everyone at Camp Crystal Lake lives, right? Right. Like, right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm done talking about this. Yeah. It was a mess. Overall, some good ideas, but I think it's the skips. Next week, uh, very briefly, we have uh, some special guests. We have the hosts of uh, our fellow podcast friends. Is that the way to say that? Tentpole Trauma. Uh, the, the the hosts of Tentpole Trauma are coming on. We're going to watch two movies. We're going to watch Let's Scare Jessica to Death and Lamora, Child of the Supernatural. Yeah, fuck yeah. And you know this movie, Chris? Yes. I have I, a signed copy from the director. I, I literally I, I, I've heard there's a whole bunch of horror movies I've heard of but never seen, but I have never heard of Lamora, Child of the Supernatural. I, or that whatever. is a whole <laughs> you'll have to tune in next week to find out why I have a signed DVD. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the story. Anyway, that's what we're doing next week. If you want to watch and catch up with us, you can. If not, doesn't matter. You'll still have fun. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah!